Welcome to a special edition of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. I am David Sampson, and I've been spending weeks, really months, trying to think about how do we get baseball back? Baseball is such a rhythmic sport, and without baseball, it doesn't feel like May. It can't be Mother's Day. It can't be that summer is starting with Memorial Day weekend in a couple weeks. Memorial Day, when you are in baseball, that's when you start to think, well, we're two months in. Are we delusional? Does our team have a chance? Should we think about adding? Should we think about shedding payroll? How are we doing with injuries? All sorts of things. You're getting ready for the amateur draft. There is a rhythm to the schedule that has now all but disappeared as we spend our second month without baseball. So I've been taking a look for the last couple of weeks at what I would do. How would I start baseball again? What would it look like? Because what we've read and what we've seen and what we've heard, there's not enough meat to any of the proposals that we've seen or read about or that have been speculated. Having run a team for 18 years, I started to think about what does it really look like when there's going to be a spring training again? What does it look like when there's a regular season that's truncated? Or should it not be truncated and we should change the entire calendar of baseball? What would the postseason look like? What is the reality of playing during this time of a global pandemic? What do we have to wait for in order to safely start a season? Do we need unanimity amongst the 50 states or just the 30 states where 30 ballparks where there are teams? I was going to say 30 states. Of course, I should have counted and didn't. It's not 30 states because New York has two. California has, I think, five. So it would be somewhere, let's say, 22 states. Coco would have no way of having this information available because, hey, it's a bonus episode. He's not getting paid overtime. So I spent a couple of weeks thinking about it, and I put down my thoughts. There's an article on CBSSports.com that outlines a plan that I have that starts with spring training, goes through the postseason, and it goes into some detail about how I would do and what I would do and what cooperation is needed. I think it's important to know before we discuss it here today is that any craving that you have that leads to lack of flexibility, you have to let it go. Let it flow off your back. You have to be willing to look at baseball differently. You have to be willing to understand that the rules of engagement are now different. Much in the same way that grocery shopping is different, going to restaurants is different, will be different. It doesn't mean it's better. It doesn't mean it's worse. It just means it's different. It is tough to adjust to. The example that I give when people come up to me, and this happened every year I was in baseball. I was always the one suggesting different changes, different ways to make the game better, better pace of action, better pace of play, different rule changes. And I would always be met with resistance. Resistance because people say, why would you change baseball? It's perfect the way it is. Well, the NFL and NBA, they do rule changes all the time. They adapt. They adjust. We'd always tell our players and we would tell as a front office when you meet, hey, baseball is a game of adjustments. Well, right now is a time to adjust. And the example I want to give you, and I think that everyone can relate to this, think about your favorite website, whatever your favorite website is, cbssports.com, Amazon, 
Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. You're used to how it looks. You're used to how you interact with it. You are used to certain drop menus being where they are. You're used to different colors, layouts. What happens when you wake up on a Monday, you go to your favorite website, and it looks completely different? Your first reaction is to immediately freak out. You can't find what you're looking for. It doesn't interact with you the way it used to. You cannot be efficient. You can't find different menus. You don't like the look. You don't like anything. Four days later, I contend that if I asked you to draw an exact picture of the way your favorite website used to be, you wouldn't be able to do it. You would have totally forgotten what it used to be because you then become used to what it is. And you realize that the changes that were made, some are positive, some are negative. But the fact is, your interaction with your website, the object of your game stays the same for you to be entertained or for you to find items or services or goods that you are purchasing. That's the case in baseball. Will it look different? Will it be different? Yes. Will you be used to it immediately and be thankful that you have a baseball season to watch? That is my basic initial principle. That people will react to these changes and they will be interested in the season. But what does it take in order to have a baseball season? I've heard a lot of answers. We need to make sure that all the states are open. We need to have a vaccine. We need to have a cure. We need to have antibodies. We need to have make sure that no one tests positive, no one's dying. It comes down to one word for me. The prerequisite, I got a coca, stay calm. The prerequisite to any season of any sport can be summed up in one seven-letter word. It starts with a T and it ends with a G. Testing. I'm not talking about random drug testing. I'm not talking about performance-enhanced drugs testing. I'm not talking about the marijuana. I'm talking about the COVID-19. The COVID-19. In order for there to be baseball, every single person involved in putting on a baseball game has got to be tested every other day for the entire season. That's just the baseline absolute, without exception. And in order for that to happen, there have to be way more tests available because baseball, along with any other sport, will not start unless they are assured that they are not taking tests out of the hands of those with symptoms or without who are in need. And right now, as we sit today, there is not enough of this testing. My hope is there will be. So once I realized and thought to myself that there has to be testing, I thought about once a week, is it just when you report to spring training? Is it before every series? And I realized, no, there has to be testing every other day. But it can't just be players. Every single person involved in putting on a Major League Baseball game has to be tested every day, and that list is substantial. You may be thinking it's just a manager, and then the coaches and the players. Well, how about the trainers, the doctor? How about the people who work in the hotels when teams are on the road? The bus drivers, 
The list goes on. Anybody involved, broadcasters, cameramen, ball boys, clubhouse attendants, umpires, pilots. I could sit here for an entire pod and give you a list. I made a list because every one of those people will need to get those tests every day. So first we assume that that's the case. The second thing I had to make sure that was was easy, that obviously no baseball, Canada has to open. The border between the U.S. and Canada has to be open because I need all 30 teams to have the ability to play in their home parks. Not 28, not 29, 30. Toronto needs to be able to play at the Rogers Center or the Sky Dome. I don't even know what it's called, the Roger Dome? New York, Yankee Stadium. City Field need to be open. I can't have one team on the road the entire season. It's not tenable to have one team play its home games at its spring training facility. The spring training facilities are not covered. Summer in Florida is not workable. I've been there. It is impossible to have games in Florida during the summer, even without fans. It's uncomfortable, it's hot, and it's wet. Those three things do not lead to good baseball. So all 30 ballparks need to be open and available. I also assume that social distancing rules are in effect. There will be exceptions. So then I started thinking, what's the date? Because I know when I'm, let's say, running a marathon or or doing a race or something, we talked about this on a previous episode, Nothing Personal with the Olympics. People training need to have a date, the date when their game will happen. So I needed to find a date when I needed, when I wanted the regular season to start. And I used the date of August 1st. I chose August 1st purposefully because that is the last date that you can start a season where we can get 81 games in. There's a dollar for you, Coca, where they can get 81 games in through the end of October and do playoffs in November and then have a regular off season for the most part because 2021 would start one or two weeks late in terms of spring training, and maybe even the regular season. Off-seasons are critical in baseball. I cannot do what the NBA is thinking of doing, which is maybe going straight through or having a very, very short off-season of like a month. In baseball, that would lead to way too many injuries. So August 1st was the date to start the season. Spring training needs to start 25 days before August 1st. Why is that? Because pitchers need to report and they need to start building up. So I've got pitchers reporting on July 6th and position players reporting on July 16th. That sounds doable. It sounds possible. What would be different when these players would report to spring training? Well, first, everybody would have to not just be tested. We know that. They would also have to subject themselves to contact tracing, meaning there would be a list kept of every person that any player or any staff member is in touch with. Because if a player, and it's going to happen, I'm not bearing the lead, that's just a reality. There will be a positive test. And part of my plan to open baseball is that when a positive test comes, the sport cannot shut down again. It has to stop that infestation right in its tracks. The way you do that is with perfect and honest contact tracing. 
So if a player were ever to test positive, that player would immediately be sent home into quarantine for 14 days. It would be like going on the injured list. Everybody in that player's contact world would be tested every single day instead of every other day, would be allowed to continue activities as long as they are asymptomatic and as long as they don't test positive. That, to me, is the best way that we can continue to play even with positive testing. So players would get to spring training, and I do not have them spring training in Florida and Arizona. They would be spring training in their home ballparks. People said to me, that's impossible. We need six fields to do spring training. We have drills going on all over the place. There's pitchers batting practice. There's throwing over to first, practicing bunt plays, the wheel play, which is when how the defense moves when there's a bunt by the other team, by the offense. I hear you, but no, you have one field. What we do have is shifts. There will never be a time in spring training or the regular season when all players will be in the clubhouse at the same time. Players will report to the ballpark in shifts according to when their pregame workouts are. When players are done playing the games, they will immediately leave the facility and go back home. There will never be a full food room. There will never be a full bathroom, all the showers being used. There will never be a clubhouse with all the lockers being used because in every ballpark, we will use every clubhouse available and there's always extra clubhouses. Marlins Park, we built it. We have an auxiliary clubhouse and we have several other changing areas, including where game day workers change in a locker atmosphere. It's not pretty. It is not nice. It is not luxurious but it does provide a level of distancing because the key through this plan is to keep as many people as positive from testing positive. Let me say that a better way. Don't cut coca. I'm just going to change positive to possible. The key is to keep as many people as possible from testing positive. So spring training will start again. I called it in the article spring training part de a little shout out to hot shots. I don't think it's copyrighted, spring training. People are calling it spring training 2.0. I like part two. It's got a little French, a little hot shots. I'm in. But it's not going to be a full spring training with the usual 65 players. The maximum number of players will be 45. 45 is not just a coincidence. 45 is also the number of people that will be on the roster. It used to be a 40-man roster. I'm making it a 45-man roster. That is my posit. The reason we need the extra players, another dollar, the reason they need the extra five players is that if you can only use your 40-man roster as players to play through a truncated regular season, you will have pitchers who are protected by the 40-man roster because you don't want to lose them to other teams or in the Rule 5 draft to free agency, but they're not ready to be big leaguers. Each year, we would sign what's called non-roster invites, players who are not on your roster. Most are veterans. They're serviceable arms. And some of them make your team. Some of them get cut during spring training. But I want to be able to have those people on my team without taking up a 40-man roster spot because I don't want to lose a young player who I don't have to. So I'm proposing a 45-man roster. From that 45-man roster, when the regular season starts on August 1st, 
there will be 34 players per team. 17 pitchers, 17 position players, 34 players. But 28 of them will be active each day. Have you ever heard of a taxi squad in football or in hockey? Well, we're about to have a taxi squad in baseball. Before each game, one hour before, each team will submit to baseball the list of 28 active players and will submit the lineup for that particular game, the batting order and what positions the players are playing. There will not be an exchange of batting car, batting lineups at home plate before the game. Those moments of meeting that we are used to seeing on the field are all gone. No more mound visits. The total number of mound visits allowed, zero. When there's a pitching change, the manager does it from the dugout. No first and third base coaches will be on the field. I'm limiting the number of coaches allowed in the dugout. It's gotten out of control. There's like 12 coaches now. You're only supposed to have seven or eight in uniform. There's a ton behind the scenes. They're in uniform before the game. They pretend they're going out of uniform. We would sneak extra coaches in the dugout and hope not to get caught. Special assistants would get to be in the dugout. And if someone said something, then we would keep them right out of camera view just to be around in the clubhouse. All of that's gone. Coco is very concerned about not having a first and third base coach on the field. Don't worry. Signs will be given from the dugout. And when the third base coach twirls his arm like a helicopter saying, go home, go home. Now he'll do it from the dugout. And guess what? The reason why first and third base coaches are on the field to begin with is crowd noise. You need the hand signals and the signals to tell a player what to do. Without fans, there'll be no noise. It's not like it's a strategic secret when you hit a ball into the gap and the first base coach points or gives a sign saying go for two. Now they'll be yelling from any dugout, two, two. Or at third base, there's a man on second, single to right field. They'll hear from the dugout, go, go. Totally fine. I'm allowing tag plays. I'm allowing, I thought about having all runners not on base, meaning in between pitches, they always go back to the base and then they take a little lead. I thought of having a rule where all players get a safe five-foot lead or six-foot lead out of every base, but no. Regular base running, just no first and third base coaches. So the regular season will start August 1st. Will it be normal? No. There's going to be three divisions of 10. It was first reported by R.J. Anderson of CBS, and it is perfect. Three divisions of 10. You can check them out in the article what the teams are, but they're very much geographically done. The games will take place exactly under the rules that we have, except for extra innings. Extra innings, we do not need and want long games. We're going to start with a runner on second in the 10th inning, a runner on first and second in the 11th, and bases loaded in the 12th, all with no outs. If it is a tie after 12 innings in the regular season, it's a tie. In the postseason, if it's a tie after 12 innings, bases loaded again in the 13th inning. There's going to be universal DH. There's going to be no instant replay. These are just some of the different rules I'm having. Why no instant replay? The video room is closed when the game starts. The video coordinator goes home, leaves the ballpark. The underlying key here is to keep the ballpark as empty and quiet as possible. Having three divisions of 10 also allows for expanded playoffs. 
I propose 13 teams up from 10 with the winner of each division getting a buy in the first round. The playoffs will look different. The first round between the fourth and 13th seed will be a best two out of three, but all three games will be at the home of the top seed. The second round will be three out of five with all five games at the home ballpark of the higher seed. I am rewarding people to do better and better during the regular season. Every game counts in an 81-game season. We're going to make it count. There's going to be not a lot of travel during the regular season. You're going to play your division foes nine times each. That's 81 games. Longer road trips, longer home stands in order to make them fewer. So you're only getting on a plane three times in my schedule. So the postseason comes. We get through the second round. Then we get to the semifinals. That becomes like the championship series, four out of seven. Except what's different is the first three games will be at one team's home park, and the last four games will be at the other team's home park. And the team with the higher seed gets to choose, do you want games one through three at home or games four through seven? That is a very interesting strategic decision. Here's a hint. I'm taking the first three at home. The World Series would be the final two seeds remaining. Again, the team with the higher seed gets the choice of first three at home or second four on the road. The object of the entire exercise should be the object that the players union and the owners and the commissioner are all working toward. And that is to crown a World Series champion for the 2020 season. Will you put an asterisk on it? I wouldn't. Because to get through an 81-game season, even with divisional play so different, with the rules so different, there will still be a champion. After all, do you remember there was a strike-shortened season in 81? What about 95? I know the Braves like their rings and so do the Dodgers. I believe the plan that I've laid out is a plan that works. The players and the owners will have to get together and come to an agreement that we talked about last week on Nothing Personal as it relates to revenue sharing, as it relates to prorated salaries. There's a lot of talk going on right now that players don't want to agree to any less money because they're worried about their health. There's an article out there that owners don't want to pay full salaries because they're going to lose money. We have to find an intersection, and we will. That's $3, Coca. They will, because at the end of this day, when you read this article and when you think about what it means to have baseball back in 2020, the owners, the players, and the fans, we all agree on one thing. Baseball needs to be back, and it will be. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 